The Holy Spirit told me that, uh, that today he, he, he's already hovering. He's already hovering over here. And just like in the beginning when, when darkness covered the, the whole earth, the Holy Spirit was hovering. And then when God said, let there be light, the Holy Spirit grabbed the word of God and executed it on the earth and light was. Today, when we begin to declare freedom and declare the word of God, the Holy Spirit's gonna take that word. He's gonna execute freedom in your life and in your world. I know it's gonna happen. I've never been more confident and more bold in my spirit than this Freedom Sunday. I don't know, I don't know what it is. Something's got awoken in me or something like that. I don't know. But freedom is actually a, a, a major part of Jesus' ministry, and it didn't stop in the Bible. Freedom is a major part of Jesus' ministry, and I bet there's very few, a handful of churches all over the world that would actually do what we're doing today on a Sunday. Most churches would invite you to a back room in the corner on a Monday night so that no one can see, but we believe that Jesus ministered in the, in the open, in the public all the time. So we're going to do it today, and it doesn't matter what happens or, or, or what happens when you get free. What matters is that you get free. Some of us have been walking around with stuff that has been holding us back. Oppression is putting pressure on you. It's holding you down. That's what oppression is. The Bible says that Jesus walked around and healed all who were oppressed by the devil. All of them. He healed all of them. And so today you might have come in, and, and while I'm speaking, you may be awakened to something that you've been walking with. You, you just thought it was who you are. You just thought that, that was how you were made, that you were just a fearful person, that you were just an intimidated person, that you were just an anxious person, that you just have problems with relationships and perversion, that you just have abuse problems or relationship problems or business problems, but you may not know that you've grown up in an environment or been introduced to demonic forces that have been holding you down and keeping you from what God wants you to do. But today you're gonna get set free. You're gonna get set free. And before I, before I move any closer, tonight would be a very good time to come back to church. Because I have one of my favorite people, Pastor Kawacha Davis, that's going to be preaching at the 5 p.m. She's forgotten more about deliverance than I've ever learned. So come back tonight for a double dose of the Holy Ghost. All right. I don't know about you, but I don't like pests. I don't like critters. I don't like creeping things. A pest... A pest is a destructive insect or other animal that attacks crops, food, or livestock, and I added humans. I don't like creeping things. I don't like spiders. I don't really like ants. I hate grasshoppers. I don't like termites. Mosquitoes are my very least favorite, and I feel like they are a mutation from Satan because there's no way God would have created a mosquito. I just don't believe that. God is a good God all the time. They're my least favorite, but actually, I think I'm their least favorite. Mosquitoes don't like me. My whole family can get uh, ridden with bites, but they don't bite me. I think it's because I have a reputation in mosquito land. If you've ever seen my forearms, it's like mosquito heaven. I have veins everywhere. And so I will actually bait these people, or these insects, these varmints, these tormenting insects. And I'll hold my arm out there. And I believe that they're flying around going, oh my gosh, look at those veins. <laughs> and I believe a lot of them have actually tried to, you know, suck my blood and it exploded their brain because I got so much blood going through. <laughs> but I'll bait them. I'll stick it out there and say, hey, is one last meal worth paying the ultimate price? <laughs> Go ahead. Bam. And I will exert my authority over creeping things. The only thing I like about creeping things is the fact that it gives me the opportunity to exert my dominion 
and authority over them. So if you have trouble, what does that look like? It looks like what I just said. In the same in the physical as in the spirit. As in the spirit. My wife's pretty tough. She's kind of feisty. But even she, when she sees an insect intruder, like a spider, she calls on the man of the house. And I go from being John to the hammer. <laughs> and I walk over to this intruder, this demonic intruder, this anti-human intruder. And I generally, they're generally lodged in a corner up high or may possibly scurrying around. But generally, I will take some toilet paper. I will trap the spider. I will squish the spider, and I will flush the spider. And then I feel like I just exerted my dominion and authority over creeping things once again. But then there's the, there's the spider. There's the, the insect that's a little bit too big to squish. You know, like, like thinking about squishing it, some of you are even grossed out. It's gross. It's, it's, too, it's a little bit too big. It's like, it's like when you walk outside and you see that big spider with the big body in the middle of a massive web. You can't squeeze that. You can't step on that. It's too big. You got to use a different method. So what I do is I take my 34-inch, 31-ounce Louisville Slugger bat. And I stand up to the plate, and I pretend it's the bottom of the ninth inning. We're down by three, three and two count, two outs. And the hammer's up to the plate. And I take a hack like you've never seen, and I send that spider into la-la land, exerting my authority over that creeping thing, over that creeping thing. That's another way that we take dominion. The other way that we take dominion is through a company called Lloyd's. Every quarter... Lloyd's comes to our house and pours poison, insect-killing, dominion-taking poison around our house. And it kills and deters pests from entering or attacking our home. We do that whether we need it or not. Whether we see pests running around or scurrying around or not, we do it because we want to be strategically offensive in our fight against pests. So whether we see it or not, we do it. We do it because I hate walking into unseen spider webs. It freaks me out. It's gross. I don't walking into things I can't see, but that'll trap me. That'll get on me. I don't like that. So we do it every quarter because we want to stay strategically offensive to destroy our enemy and not just react once we see, hear, or feel the pests around the house. The title of my message this morning is Pest Control. Pest control. You are called to control and overthrow pests and take authority over them. De demonic spirits, evil spirits are often like pests. They, they, they get on you for reasons sometimes we don't even know. We can't see them, so sometimes they're hard to deal with. We don't know sometimes that they're even there because, like I said, you may have grown up in an environment and been exposed to things, and it's not even your fault. But yet you're walking in the aftermath and you've been feeling pressed down and pressure on you and oppressed in your life, and you don't even know where it came from, where it came from. But that's why I want today to teach you how to be strategically offensive. Now, we're going to get you free, but first I want to teach you how to stay free, and then we're going to get you free. 
It's often, it's often uh, not your fault, but, but here's what happens. The, the, the pests, they, they gain access through different cracks in the wall or vents on the wall or holes in the ceiling, and all of a sudden they're on you. And it's not often that big of a deal. Sometimes you just need to pour some Holy Ghost fire around your life, and it will drive them out, and it will, it will deter them. The Bible says in the New Living Translation that Jesus casts out demons with a simple prayer. So sometimes you can just... In fact, the, the, the reason I got the title of this message is because I was driving on the 52 freeway and I was praying out loud and oftentimes I'll get kind of animated in my prayer and I was talking trash to demons. And I was saying, you're like a pest, get off me. And I was just going like this and then I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you're gonna preach about that. You're gonna tell them, they're just pests, get, get off me. You have authority over them. You're called to, 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 to control and destroy Destroy the works of the devil just like Jesus did. In 1 John 3, 8, it said, but the Son of God, Jesus, came to destroy the works of the devil. So we're gonna get into destruction and freedom and, and the oppression and setting you free in a little bit, but right now I wanna, I wanna teach you how to stay free and prevent you from getting oppressed because prevention is always better than cure. Prevention is always better than cure. 1 Peter 5, 8 says this, be sober, alert, on watch. Be vigilant, awake, because your adversary, your arch enemy, your opponent, the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, drown, or swallow. It says he's seeking who he may devour, just like a pest. He's looking for a crack. He's looking for a seam. He's looking for a hole. How can he get into your world and oppress you? So he's seeking, and he's roaming around, seeking whom he may devour, which means there are people he can't devour. That's the awakened church people. People that are strategically offensive, not waiting and, and reacting, but they're strategically offensive. We're the people that cannot be devoured. That's who I want us to be. The easiest targets for the enemy are people that, one, don't know their authority, don't know there's an enemy, or aren't following Jesus. So you may be fortified in one area of your life, but you aren't giving, Pam. And so you are unfortified in your financial world, and the devourer can come and devour that. Maybe you're fortified in a lot of the areas of your life, but you're looking at things you shouldn't look at, therefore your marriage and your soul is vulnerable to demonic attack. So if you're not following Jesus, remember we said, I submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Well, if you come out of underneath in submission, which is under a mission, if you come out from being under, you are now vulnerable in an area of your life. So we wanna be followers of Jesus. And yes, Christians can be oppressed by evil spirits. You can be. I've been delivered of a lot of things. I've been saved since I was six. It's not whether you're a Christian or not, it's whether you're giving the devil access or not. That will determine whether you get oppressed or not. And I believe we can fix a lot of this stuff if we just know the word of God. The word of God, if you can get the word of God on the inside of you, you will be aware and awake to what's happening, to the devil's plans and to his schemes. Ephesians 6, 10 to 13. The word of God is like pouring demonic deterrent around your life. This is one of the most uh, famous scriptures around this. It says this, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That means I can't go command demons in the power of John. I gotta go in the power of his might in the name of Jesus. 
That means I can't deal with, with supernatural things, spiritual things with natural means. I got to attack spiritual things with spiritual things. A great, a great uh, 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 litmus test to know if you are oppressed by a demonic spirit is if you are struggling with something and you've tried every natural thing you could find and nothing's getting better. A psychologist can't fix a demon. A Christian filled with the Holy Ghost can fix a demon by casting it out. If you are been diagnosed with something or undiagnosable, doctors don't know what's wrong with you, everything that they've tried in the natural isn't working, it, it could be that it is a spirit of infirmity that needs to be cast out because you can't medicate a demon. So we got to deal with spiritual things in the power of his might, not in the power of our might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Yes, there are principalities. Yes, there are powers. Yes, there are rulers of darkness and spiritual hosts of wickedness in this age. But you know what the Bible says? In Ephesians 1, this is Ephesians 6. Ephesians 1, it says that you and I, and Ephesians 2, are seated at the right hand of the Father, far above every principality and power and might and everything with a name, in this age and in the age to come. But if you didn't know the Bible, you may not know that, and you may be, be vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. That's why we got to know the Word of God. Therefore, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, say above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all of the saints. Above all, take up the shield of faith. You know how we get faith? By hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as you begin to put the word of God into your life, your shield of faith begins to rise. And so every dart that the enemy throws just bounces off your shield of faith. What I wanna do is be people that never have a shield of faith that drops. I want to be a shield of faith people that are always on the offense, that are always moving forward, that are always surrounded by the shield of faith, fortifying our lives with demon deterrent poison called faith, called faith. Faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And here's the deal. The devil and God are looking for the same thing from you, your agreement. Faith agrees with God. Faith agrees with this. The devil, uh, uh, doubt agrees with the devil. And so as you agree with the word of God, faith will come. Your shield of faith will rise. And all the fiery darts, all the lies that the devil throws at you, they won't stick. They'll just bounce off. They'll just bounce off. So we need to be able to agree with the word of God and disagree with the words that come from the enemy. It's called the shield of faith. So that when the devil comes and he starts to whisper to you, 
Your sickness is from God. He's trying to teach you something because you failed in this area. You can say, yeah, you're right. I'm not good enough to be healed. God's trying to teach me something. He put sickness on me. Or you can agree with the Bible that says we were healed by his stripes. That says God introduced himself as Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals you, not the God that causes you to be sick. You can agree with the devil or you can agree with the word of God. But when you start to agree with the word of God, your shield of faith will rise. And that fiery dart that the devil threw, it ain't gonna stick. It's gonna bounce off. When the devil comes and says, you're always gonna be a drug addict. You're always gonna be addicted to pornography. You can never overcome alcohol. You can stand up and you can say, hi, my name is John and I'm an alcoholic. Wow. Or you can say, hi, my name is John and I was an alcoholic, but the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and the spirit of the Lord is in me, therefore I am free. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Who are you gonna agree with? Who are we gonna agree with? You should just kill yourself. You're depressed fearful, anxious, it's just who you are. You don't have the authority to overcome that. You can agree with that. Yeah, this is just how I am. Or you can say Luke 10, 19 says, behold, I have been given authority over all of the powers of the enemy and nothing by shall any means hurt me. You can declare the word of God in 2 Timothy 1, 7 that says, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. That's what I teach my daughter to say when the devil comes at night and tries to terrorize her in her dreams. Stand up and declare, that ain't from God. He's given me power. He's given me love. He's given me a sound mind. I am meant to live blessed. John 10, 10, devil, you, you came to kill, steal, and destroy. But my God, Jesus came to give me life and life more abundantly. I am on my way to abundance in every area of my life. Who are we going to agree with? Who are we going to agree with? And as you respond in faith, you're fortifying your life. You are raising the shield of faith. And just like farmers, they grow crops to deter pests. You are growing your faith, and your faith, your shield of faith will detour pests. It will detour demons. They'll walk around and they'll say, where's a crack? I'm roaming around seeking whom I may devour. And they're like, I ain't messing with that awakened church person. They, they have faith on the inside of them. They know the word of God. They're people that we can't get in. We can't get in and torment and, and oppress. They're awakened people. So we got to get the word of God inside of us. I'm reading the one-year Bible right now. It's blowing my mind. It's amazing. And I've read the Bible before, but it's still amazing. I'm going through every day and I'm like getting revelation after revelation after revelation. I feel like I'm filled with faith. I'm filled with faith. I'm two days ahead, by the way. <laughs> Come to church and hear the word of God spoken and faith will rise on the inside of you. Get around people that are filled with faith. Begin to declare the word of God. And as you declare, it's like, it's like putting traps out. It's like putting traps out for pests. They ain't gonna come near you if you know the word of God. But we gotta be vigilant. We, got, we can't be lazy. We have to get our shield up because the more you're going like this, the more tired you're gonna get. And so the devil's gonna catch you when you're like this, then you gotta be like this. In other words, start praying and declaring the will of God, even if the will of God is happening in your life. Start to declare that you are healed before you feel sick. 
And if you hear a whisper of depression, go against that thing and, de and declare that you are joyful. Declare that you are blessed. Don't let that dart stick and turn into oppression. We gotta declare the word of God. We gotta declare the word of God. The best, the best defense is a great offense. The best defense is a great offense. If you watch football, which I know all of you do, if you're watching a football game, you see that there's offense and there's defense. They're on the field the same amount of time. They, do, they run the same amount of plays. But yet if you're hearing the, the announcers um, discuss the game, it's the, the offense that has the ball the longest that generally makes the defense tired. You never say, man, the defense has been on the field all game long. That offense must be getting tired. They always say, man, that defense has been on the field most of the game. They're getting tired. Eventually, they're going to be overwhelmed, and eventually, the offense is going to have an advantage. The reason that is is because if you're always on defense, you're always reactionary. You're always reactionary. It's, it's exhausting. You might as well just stay on offense. You know where you're going. You know the word of God. Just declare it and stay free rather than be reactionary and trying to lift up your shield. You're going to get tired. You're going to get tired. Let's be offensive people. But here's the reality. Most of us have a BC life before Christ. Most of us have done things, desired things, behaved in certain ways that, aren't, that don't line up with the word of God. And so we've learned these behaviors and we have these desires and just because you get saved doesn't mean all your desires, all your behaviors go away like that. All your memories, it, it doesn't work like that. You gotta work through the process. So the reality is a lot of us, even if it's not our fault, like I said before, you may have grown up in an environment and been exposed to things that it wasn't your, you were abused or you were, you know, exposed to, uh, you know, witchcraft or Ouija boards or horoscopes or fortune telling or spells or whatever. And you didn't even realize that that was an access point for the enemy. And so you still have all of these different desires and you're trying to reconcile and you're trying to learn. Here's what the Bible says in James 1, 14 to 16, it says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed or lured. Then when the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. I'd like to invite up the worship team. And so what happens is the devil, he's been doing this for a while. He's been around for a few thousand years. And so he's, he's observed you, he knows uh, your, your tendencies. He hears what you say. He can't hear what you think, but he hears what you say. And so he takes those desires, those behaviors, and he starts to lure you. Come on, just take one more sip. You're not going to go back to how you used to be. Come on, just take one more puff. Just look at one more image. It's not going to matter. It's going to help your marriage. He'll entice you by your old desires, and then once you give birth to that, it becomes sin, and now all of a sudden, the devil has an access point. The pest can come in, and I'm not saying every time you sin, all of a sudden the devil comes into your world, but I'm saying is every time you sin, you may be leaving an access point, a crack in your home for a pest to get in and, and start to oppress you. And so we've been suffering with things, some generationally, lifetime struggles. You just thought that's how you were. And it's hard to deal with those things because you can't really see them. You can't really see demons. It's like wind. You feel the effects, but you can't see it. But so, so, so we got we to gotta deal, deal with these things. And here's the thing. Devils, not only are, are they hard to see, but they hide in the dark. 
I used to own a uh, property management company, and we had like a thousand units all over San Diego. Most of our units were like C properties, which is, you know, not A plus on the corner of Main and Main properties. And so we'd take over a building, and normally they'd be vacant. And once we got the electricity turned back on, I'd walk into these apartment rooms, and I'd turn on the lights. And guess what I would see? Cockroaches scattering, <laughs> pests scattering. I didn't see them when the light was off, but when I turned the light on, all of a sudden they were exposed. And once they get exposed, I can now deal with them. I can now deal with that cockroach or that pest. So when we turn on the light today, while you've been sitting here, the light's been being turned on. You may even feel something. You may feel tightness around your head, nausea in your stomach. You may feel pain. You may feel anxiety. You may hear voices. Get out of here. Get out of here. Hang in there. That's just the devil because he knows his time is up. His time is up. You're about to get set free. When the light comes on, the Bible says that Jesus is the word and that the word was the light of the world. And so when the word of God is spoken, light comes and it exposes demonic things. It's like flipping the light on in the apartment. All of a sudden, they scatter. But now that they've been exposed, we can deal with them. Jesus used to just walk around, and because he was the light of the world, because he was absolute and perfect truth, demons would just start to manifest. Luke 4, I love it, 33 to 35. It says, now in the synagogue, in the church, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? Yes, he did. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus didn't come in and say, hey, demon, I see you. They just started to manifest because the light of the world walked in. They just started to manifest, and then Jesus took care of them. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. When people get free, set free, sometimes stuff happens. Sometimes people fall over, sometimes people shake, sometimes people cry, sometimes people cry out. Stuff happens. I'm not worried about that stuff. I'm worried about you getting free. Jesus died on a cross to set you free. Don't leave here worried about what might happen. Because you know what might happen? You might walk out of here free. Free from that stuff that has been pressing you down all of your life. Free from that stuff that has been holding you down keeping you, pulling you back from what God is trying to do in your life. Today is your day for freedom. And I'm telling you that evil spirits that have been operating in your world know that their time is up. They know they've already been defeated. This is what the Bible says, last scripture, Colossians 2, 14 to 15. Jesus having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, all the law, all the lies, all the rules, all the regulations, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. Jesus did it all in public. He humiliated them. They call demons tormenting spirits. You know who's about to come to tormentor you and me? We're about to torment them. Just like these devils were scared. Jesus of Nazareth, you come to torment us and destroy us? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. 
Yes, we did. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.